Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone. We're so glad you're tuned in to Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado with you on this Monday afternoon, evening. Uh, I pray that you would consider calling in uh, and ask your questions and uh, give your prayer requests. The number you just heard it to be on the air is 303-690-3000. And then the text line for texting only is 720-336-0897. I'll be repeating those numbers throughout the program, but get them in your contact. And I hope that you would call as we have all open lines to ask questions about the Bible or Christian living, or maybe about how we respond to the things that we see going on around us. Here to take you to the Word of God, to encourage you and God's truth, and uh, to just uh, be able to um, answer your questions as we go to the Word of God, but also to pray with you and encourage you in any way that I can. So Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Monday. Uh, you are listening live, Grace FM listeners, all along the Front Range in Colorado. We've got a beautiful, beautiful day here as uh, we are getting close to the last week of August. Uh, Kids are back in school. A lot of you are uh, maybe perhaps picking up your kids from school, taking them to practice, uh, whether it's softball or it's football or whatever the case may be, maybe music lessons. It gets to be a busy time of the year, but I do pray that you would consider calling in for your questions. All open lines right now, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Grab one of those open lines. I also want to welcome everyone who's listening Radio by Grace. You're listening live, many stations across the nation. Uh, We're so glad that you're part of our Calvary Live family. Also, those of you who are listening online, you are listening live as well. Give me a call at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then that second way for you to be able to, to contact us or ask a question or prayer request is through a dedicated text line. 720-336-0897. So I'd love to hear from you and uh, ask your questions and give your prayer requests. Also want to just welcome all those who are listening uh, on the East Coast, Hope FM, Truth FM, and then those of you in Idaho, Higher Rock Radio. You are a week delayed. Uh, That means you simply call. We have our conversation, and then you get to listen to it a week from now. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. This is talk about the things of the Lord. Uh, let's encourage each other in, in uh, the Lord. Um, let's just um, go to those, uh, the word of God that's true and, and um, for us. So all open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. There is a text question that came in, and we're waiting for the phone lines as we have to ring, as we have all open lines right now. Uh, but the text question is that uh, is our resurrection at our death or later? If it is later, what happens to us when we die? And that's a very good question uh, because 
people are very confused sometimes about the resurrection. And keep in mind that Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So I want you to remember that when we close our eyes and take our last breath, we are immediately with the Lord. And I love that that scripture there given to us by Paul the Apostle. Uh, when we go home to be with the Lord, it, it isn't just the pearly gates and Peter at a big desk, you know, with a big book, you know, seeing if we're allowed to go in. That's the way the world kind of presents it. That's the way Hollywood presents it. Uh, we can have that image in our mind. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I think the very first thing we're going to see is our Lord Jesus Christ. And even as John the Revelator in John in Revelation chapter 1, as he was on the island at Patmos, he gives that description of the Lord. And in that description of the glorified Lord, he tells of the eyes that he had of flames. And I, I believe that as even as Paul writes in Second Corinthians chapter 5, that we will all stand before the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ to be rewarded for what we have done in the body, whether good or bad. And here's the thing. We're not being, you know, judged for our salvation. We can never earn salvation. It is a gift that is given to us as we come to Jesus Christ in faith, recognizing our need for him. We can never earn salvation. But with that said, the Bible talks a lot about rewards given to us for what we have done for Christ. And, and our works are going to be judged by fire, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. They are likened to wood, hay, and stubble, or they are likened to precious metals. And the things that we've done for Christ are just going to be refined by those eyes of flame, those eyes of love. All the things that were not of Christ are going to burn up. And then he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you a ruler over many. And I love that promise. But then the resurrection is going to come. And the resurrection happens at the rapture of the church. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that long, long chapter uh, that is uh, given to us about the resurrection, uh, that it tells us um, that Christ is the first fruits of the resurrection, and afterwards those who are in Christ at his coming. And when the Lord comes for the church, then we are going to be receiving our new resurrected bodies, and that's what the resurrection is all about. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. We've got all open lines right now. Text line 720-336-0897. And when we get those new resurrected bodies, those are bodies that are celestial bodies. Paul writes about that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye at the sound of the last trumpet. And the dead in Christ will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So we're going to have new heavenly bodies, is what Paul is talking about um, in this chapter. It's a glorious promise, because Jesus Christ rose from the grave, that we have the promise that our bodies will be raised. But when we go home to be with the Lord, that's at the moment of death, and then at the time of the rapture. And, you know, the first resurrection includes all those who are believers. The rapture of the church, then those who are, you know, uh, goes through the tribulation, saints through the tribulation, they will eventually be resurrected. 
the old tribulation saints, it seems uh, Daniel chapter 12 tells us that the uh, Old Testament saints will be resurrected at the end of the tribulation period. Those who went through the millennium reign, you know, the earth is going to populate again. They will be resurrected as well. So each in its own order is quite a study to go through. But uh, it is uh, the important thing to remember is you want to be a part of the first resurrection. The Bible talks about the second resurrection, which is those of the unrighteous dead that are going to be resurrected, according to Revelation chapter 20, and they will stand before the great white throne judgment. Now, you and I as believers, we will not stand at the great white throne judgment, but what we will do is um, we will stand at the beam of reward seat of Christ, again, to be rewarded for what we have done in the body, whether good or bad. But the, the unrighteous dead, the unbelievers, will be resurrected at the end of the millennium reign, uh, when heaven and earth flees away and there's no place found for them, and as they will be sentenced to outer darkness, that's the second resurrection. You don't want to be a part of the second resurrection. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. Very good question, but I'd love to talk to you. Uh, so grab one of those open lines. We've got two open lines right now. And uh, let's talk about the things of the Lord. This is Calvary Live, what makes... This program so unique is um, we get to talk about uh, the things of eternity. We get to think, uh, talk about spiritual things and about the Lord and the Word of God, and that's uh, so important for us. And uh, I pray that we're all blessed as we're going to go to the phone lines. Let's go to Paul in Aurora. Paul? Hello, Pastor Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Um, so my question is... Um, I guess, generally speaking, I was listening to uh, Pastor Ben Garotti at 4.30 in the morning. I was listening to him on the way way to work on, uh, uh, not Calvary Live, but Grace FM. And uh, he was saying that, uh, I I can't remember the passage or even the group of people he was referring, but it said something along the lines that they will be punished worse based on what was going on. So my question is, is uh, his teaching was that there are tiers, like different severities of punishments in hell. Likewise, to the, I guess, when you go to the Bema seat and get your rewards, there's different tiers or different rewards based on how you lived your life. Is that the same case with punishments in hell? It seems to indicate, um, as you look at the Scriptures and the words of Jesus, um, that he gives indication of that. You remember that when the disciples, for example, in, in Matthew's gospel, the disciples are arguing about who's the greatest in the kingdom. And Jesus would take a child and use that child as an illustration of greatness. He said that if you want to be great, you need to receive um, this child uh, and um, and then also, um, you, you know, to be great in the kingdom of God. But then also... Uh, Jesus said that for salvation that we must humble ourselves as a child. But then he said something remarkable. He said, anyone who stumbles one of these little ones, a child, uh, it'd be better that a millstone be hung around their neck and they cast into the sea. And you read that, and Jesus didn't say that a millstone will be hung around your neck. He said it'd be better if a millstone be hung around your neck. So he begins to talk about as he would indict the cities in, in, for example, Luke's gospel. He turns 
to the north. And he says, Woe to you, Chorus, and woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago. But it'd be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the judgment than for you. And so he says that also in Matthew. He he speaks about how the judgment is going to, to be worse for those who had Jesus, you know, for Capernaum. So he gives that indication that there's different degrees of judgment that's going to take place. What exactly, what does that mean? How does that all work? Uh, I don't know. Um, but Jesus certainly does give us that indication, and I think that's probably what Pastor Ben was making reference to um, as we look at the Scriptures. Yes, yeah, you you just hit the nail on the head as far as what he was reading from, and, uh, and it's kind of funny you answered the question the way you did, because I just got done watch, listening to you on Under the Fig Tree, and your lesson was on what you just said. Um, that's kind of what sparked my curiosity, because growing up, I always thought, like, there's different rewards for heaven and blessings in that matter, um, but when it comes to hell— uh, there's really just the one unforgivable sin, more or less, right, where you, you're going to hell because you more or less rejected Christ, and then you died, and there's no turning back. So I just figured that one sin is what sent you there, not necessarily what you did throughout the rest of your life. So it's I, I, thought, I figured it was a kind of an even playing field when it comes to hell, but when he expressed that in that, in that message, um, kind of sparked the curiosity. Yeah, and it is interesting, isn't it, Paul? Because, you know, we think, and a lot of people think that heaven, that um, a lot of Christians don't even know about rewards and crowns that are going to be given. Yet the New Testament talks a whole lot about it uh, at the Bema reward seat that I was just talking about at the beginning of the show. Um, You know, those rewards given to us. And in the parable of the minus, the parable of the talents, Jesus is speaking about that you'll rule over 10 cities, five cities, two cities. And, you know, we're going to rule and reign with Christ. We're going to be given responsibilities. And I wish I could think right on the top of my head that uh, even as we go into the new heaven, new earth, and and, um, new Jerusalem, that we're still going to be serving the Lord. So a lot of people picture, as you kind of touched on it, that heaven's going to be, we're all going to be sitting on a cloud playing the harp, kind of bored, you know, that mentality. Um, but we got rewards. And and what exactly those rewards are, there's crowns mentioned um, in the Scriptures, uh, how, you know, how much it benefits and blesses us. You know it does in eternity because Jesus says so. But the same thing is true with hell. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes there are people that we talk to that they'll say, well, if I go to you know, hell, no big deal. Me, my friends, we're just going to have a big party down there. There's going to be none of that. And we even get a little glimpse of the unrighteous dead in Luke's gospel in chapter uh, 16, where Jesus says that he was in torment, um, you know, uh, the the um, uh, the rich man, um, that he's there and he says, can you send Lazarus over, dip his finger in water, and touch my tongue. And, and that really struck me one time, thinking, I can't imagine going through eternity being thirsty like that, just in torment. But yet there's different degrees that Jesus says that of judgment and, you know, being separated uh, from the Lord 
um, in in you know that final place that's going to be the lake of fire. You know how much more worse can it be? But somehow it is. So I don't fully understand it, but that's what the Bible declares. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense, and I really appreciate you uh, giving your insight on that. You bet. Thanks for calling, Paul. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. God bless. You bet. Pastor Ben, good friend of mine over in Montrose, 430, his radio program on Grace FM. Usually I'm not up at 430, but I have caught him a few times and uh, just a great Bible teacher and just uh, uh, appreciate all the teachers on Grace FM and all the teachers on, I'm sure you appreciate on Hope and Truth FM and Radio by Grace. Be sure to support your local Christian radio station wherever you're listening from. Um, and, you know, pray for those teachers and support those programs as the Lord leads you. Um, Christian radio is so important, especially with the teaching of the Word. And Grace FM here in Colorado, what a tremendous blessing to, to have the wonderful Bible teachers that are listening in. I believe we got all open lines right now, so give me a call. And I'd love to talk with you. Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then the text line is 720-336-0897. And that text line is a 24-7 prayer line that anytime you can text in a prayer request. And the prayer team, the pastoral staff at Calvary Church in Aurora, where Grace FM originates, they will be looking at that and they will be praying for you. And I think it's just a wonderful resource uh, that uh, Grace FM, um, you know, that we get to... um, tell you about and uh, Calvary Live in that resource there, that text line that's available, uh, that you're going to be prayed for, and um, and we need that. So take advantage of it. But during this show, uh, we will uh, pray for you as we have time, as, as we're waiting for phone calls. Uh, we're going to go to the phone lines in just a minute, but there is two open lines, 303-690-3000. Give me a call. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. Let's go to Dan in Pennsylvania. Dan? Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? I am good. You're on Calvary Live. Well, I've uh, listened to you for uh, several months now. Um, It's interesting how I came across the radio station, but I'll leave that for another time. But I did hear the uh, uh, current, I guess, last week's questions. And what caught my attention is is, um, there was a woman that had a son... Uh, and I'll leave his name out, with autism, uh, grandson that she was, um, you know, asking uh, a question about in regards to, you know, his salvation and being a parent with a child with special needs. Similarly, um, I didn't catch the whole uh, answer, and so I'm just maybe calling back in to see, you know, what does the Bible say about uh, children, people, um, and type of capacity? Are they, you know, inherently, you know, um, saved? Or, I mean, it, what, I'm, I'm just calling in for some knowledge yeah. on this. Because it's you know, and, and those with, yeah. yeah, those with special needs, especially when it comes to middle, mental capacity, I, you know, there's different degrees of, you know, autism, um, other, you know, um, special needs that are there that I don't fully understand, but the Lord does. And I think the thing to remember is that the Lord knows. And, um, 
you know, the wonderful thing about the gospel, and, and I've talked to this lady before, and we've talked about her grandson, is he does understand the gospel. Uh, he understands it. Um, but what about the person who perhaps you wonder if they can or their disability is very severe? I think the thing to remember is that the Lord is so compassionate. Uh, he is so uh, merciful, and he's just. He's a just God. And when we get to heaven, I, I do know this, that there's a time in Revelation chapter 19 that tells us that we will all say that righteous and true are your judgments, your decisions. And we can trust the Lord with that. We can trust the Lord with all of that and know that he's a just God. He's a loving God. He's a compassionate God. He's a merciful God. But I don't have all the definite answers, but I do know that um, somebody with special needs and um, especially their capability to take in or to understand or comprehend um, that the Lord's going to be just and he's going to be merciful and we can pray for them and we can trust them with the Lord. Because I've had him. Thank you for that answer. Um, I've had the, uh, I mean, I've had him, you know, repeat certain things out of the Bible about, you know, speaking it, you know, speaking, you know, to be saved. But you don't know if he believes it in his heart or he's just mimicking what you're doing. And I I think a lot of it's just mimicking, but I don't know. You know what I mean? You don't know if it's it's real or not. So it just caught my attention. um, Yeah, and, you know, the thing about it, Dan, is, you know, here's the thing about the gospel. There's power in the gospel. There's power in the Word of God. And the seed there that is planted comes to life, and we don't fully understand it. And it's true for those who may be very intelligent or, you know, have a normal mental capacity. You know, they they may say the sinner's prayer, but do do they really mean it? Only the Lord knows. Right. But I think that, that you know, a person um, with this, you know, um, even with special needs or uh, limited mentally can understand the gospel and can and get it. You know, I remember my youngest when he was just about four years old. I remember he came to Christ. He understood it. And that's the wonderful thing about the gospel message that a child can understand it. And I was given that reference to Jesus that he used the child as an illustration. If you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, you must humble yourself as his child. So I think that you can trust the Lord with that. And he's so merciful. Okay. And he said the children belong to me. They belong to me. And um, and he's perfectly just and he's perfectly, you know, righteous in all that he does. And and I think that um, that, you know, should bring all of us peace um, when we have those kinds of questions that we struggle with. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for your uh your time and your answer. God bless you. you, bet, for you God bless you. I appreciate you calling, Dan. You're welcome. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. I believe we got an open line. Let's go to the phone lines before the break. Let's go to Tim in Alabama. Yes, how you doing, guys? I'm I'm doing all right myself. Good. Um, Thanks for calling. I got more than welcome. 
Uh, I didn't think the East Coast would ever get through to the California or Colorado side of this stuff. <laughs> I did, and I'm thankful. But uh, I asked the other fellow, he, uh, he, we were trying to figure it out ourselves, when the children of Israel uh, got to the promised land, they they had all the sacrifices. They, I mean, there were a lot of them being done throughout the times, and you can see them in the in the Old Testament. Where did you get all the wood from? Because my understanding of the you know that area kind of desolate, and you know, without any maybe little scrub brushes or something. But we I don't know if there was yeah. a lot of wood at one time, and that's why they don't have it now because they had a lot of sacrifices. Yeah. Well, that was, you know, when you really think about it, um, Tim, uh, it's interesting because when they came into Israel, they came in from the Jordan. They came in from Mount Nebo where Moses died. I've been in that area many times um, and, uh, where they crossed the Jordan in that area. And the Jordan Valley there is it, the lowest point on the face of the earth. It's very deserty right now. And you can look at it now and you can think, yeah, where was the wood? But there... It, it was different back then because we're talking 30, 3,500 years ago. And even in Abraham's day, that Abraham looked towards the Jordan Valley and it looked like a garden. Um, and that's where Lot would go. So I think that vegetation, it was different. Um, they had lions. They had bears in those areas. You read about David uh, who would kill the bears, the lions. So it's hard for us to picture what it would have been like. Plus there was palm trees that were there, the date palm trees that were very prolific and very much um, there in ancient times, in David's time. And the scripture has a brief mention of it, but uh, those trees ended up being extinct until they found some seeds there in the Jordan Valley there at Masada that were 2,000 years old, and they planted them, and guess what happened? They sprouted. It was It was amazing. So I think the topography was a little different of vegetation. There is the Achaea trees that are there. Now, the Achaea trees, you can think of, you know, the question you're asking, you know, think about Moses and, and the children of Israel in the wilderness. I mean, they were there 40 years, and they did sacrifices, and they were in that desert that was just, you look at it today, there's nothing there. Uh, you see pictures of goats running from plant to plant to eat, you know. And um, so it was very dry, but they had the Achaia wood that they made the furnishings. And you have the Achaia trees that are there, the hardwoods. So there was some trees that were there. And then along the Jordan Valley, I think that probably there was vegetation. There were trees that were there. Just like here, you know, Tim, in Colorado, it's, it's a dry area. Uh, you know, the mountains can be wet, but where I live is actually almost like a desert, but along the river fronts, there's lots of trees, there's cottonwoods, there's things like that. So it may be something like that, that there was just more vegetation, there's more trees, there's Achaia trees, but whatever wood that was there, it was available for them to do sacrifices. Yeah, you're going to need a lot. <laughs> a whole bunch. Well, in Alabama... You a whole bag of charcoal to get a couple burgers cooked, you know? <laughs> well, they say in Alabama you can spit on the ground and a tree will grow. So, um, but, you know, out here in the West, you know, it's it's sparse. And, and then you go to Israel and you go in that Jordan Valley. But I do think that it was different because back in Abraham's day, it was like a garden. And that's where Lot went, and it was tree, you know, his grass. And 
So who knows? But that's a good question as you're thinking about that as they came into the the um, across the Jordan River. Well, I appreciate your time, guys. Continue. On. I appreciate I appreciate <laughs> your I appreciate your call, Tim. Really do. Good question. Call anytime. All right. 303-690-3000. We're about ready to go to the break. We got two open lines. Love for you to call and uh and ask your questions and give your prayer requests. Got plenty of time as we will come back on the other side of the break. The text line is 720-336-0897. Give me a call to ask your questions, to give your prayer requests. Jeff Figgs at Calvary Chapel Greeley with you. So blessed to be with you on this Monday, the 22nd of August. So you hear the music. We're going to uh, go to break, and then we'll be right back afterwards. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you and had a great first half. And so you got plenty of time to give me a call. You just heard those numbers. I'm going to repeat it again. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And the text line is 720-336-0897. And we do, I believe, have two open lines. So I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call and uh, answer your questions. I will do my best in, in going to the Word of God and then also to pray with you and encourage you. So I'd love to hear from you. 303-690-3000 is the calling number. Grab one of those open lines as we will continue with the phone lines. And then you got time to text. Maybe that's a better way for you to communicate with us. As we have time, we will go to the text line. Just want to give a quick announcement, and then we'll go back to the phone lines, that uh, we are Sunday mornings here at Calvary Greeley going through the book of Daniel, an incredible study. We just finished Daniel chapter 9 and the prophecy of the 70 weeks of Daniel, very important prophecy one of the most amazing prophecies, one of the most important prophecies, especially when it comes to timeline of end-time prophecy. And so you can, uh, a lot of uh, people have been asking for that study. Calvary Chapel Greeley, G-R-E-E-L-E-Y dot org, O-R-G. You can go on our website and you can pick up the, the archives to study from Sunday. And uh, also we're going to continue through the book of Daniel in chapters 10, 11, and 12, Daniel's fourth vision that he receives. And this Sunday, in chapter 10, he actually is talking a lot about spiritual warfare. Is the prince of Persia and uh, comes against Michael the archangel. And, and we see a little glimpse of the spiritual world that is out there. So there's a lot to learn and gain from as we go through the book of Daniel. So join us if you're in the Greeley area, Calvary Chapel Greeley, G-R-E-E-L-E-Y dot org. You can get directions or get the latest teachings. You can download our free app as well, and uh, would encourage you to do that. So just wanted to let you know about that. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Again, grab one of those open lines. Let's go to Heidi in Alabama. Heidi? Hello. You're on Hi. Calvary Live. Hi. Um, I Something that I've been thinking about for a couple of months now um, that— my pastor, who's at a Calvary here, 
um, was mm-hmm. teaching about, and it um, it concerned me. It was like a red flag because I'd never heard it before. Um, he said that believers who die in Christ, um, that they go to Sheol for a while. And when I went to the Strong's, and um, I have a King James Version Strong's Concordance, and I looked up mm-hmm. Sheol, and all it says is hell, 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 hell. And it's like, okay, well, why why would believers go to hell when they die? So that raised a huge red flag for me. And I mentioned it to my husband because he wasn't there that day, and he was like, oh, yeah, that's that's really strange. And he's been to Bible school and stuff. So I just wanted to Good. see what your take on it is. Well, Jesus tells of uh, of a story. I think it's more of a story. Some say it's a parable, but he names Lazarus and the rich man. And Jesus, he tells of uh, the uh, Lazarus who died, and the angels took him down into um, paradise. And there's two sections. One is Abraham's bosom. The other was the the place of the unrighteous dead. That is all called um, Sheol. That in the Hebrew is what it's called. In the Greek, I believe it's Hades. And, and so at that time, because Jesus had not died for our sins, they went to paradise. Remember he said to the thief on the cross that uh, before the sun has set, you'll be with me in paradise? And Ephesians tells us that Jesus descended before he ascended. So when Jesus breathed his last, he would you know, escort the thief on the cross down into paradise, Abraham's bosom. And then there is a cavern, and then there is the unrighteous dead. And in Luke chapter 16, the rich man yells over to Abraham and says, Send Lazarus over here uh, to to touch my tongue with some water. I'm in torment. And, and Abraham said, No, he can't come over. There's a big chasm. Well, can you send him back to my brothers to warn him um, about this place, basically. And it was Abraham that said, no, they have the scriptures. Well, here's the thing. When Jesus died on the cross, when he, because in the Old Testament, they looked forward to the cross. We look back to the cross, okay? So Jesus, as he presented his blood, he died for our sins, now we have forgiveness of sin, and the book of Hebrews talks about this, because the Old Testament sacrifices that they did, it was just a, a picture of, it pointed to when Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, would come and die for our sins once and for all. But the book of Hebrews is very, very um, much puts the, the truth across and, and, and points out that those sacrifices of the Old Testament weren't enough. They were a kofar in the Hebrew to cover our sins until Jesus died once and for all. So the book of Hebrews, you read that term, once and for all. He died once and for all for our sins. So now when a when a believer dies, Paul comes along in the New Testament, and he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So what has happened is that area of paradise is empty. Um, now a believer goes right to heaven. They don't go to Sheol. They don't go to Hades. They go right to heaven, and um, and then at the rapture, we will get our new heavenly bodies. But when we close our eyes and when we breathe our last, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 
And and so because we look back at the cross, we look back to where our sins are forgiven. The other part of Sheol is is the unrighteous dead, and they will be resurrected at the end of the millennium reign, Revelation chapter 20, in what is called the second resurrection. And they will stand before the great white throne judgment, and they will be thrown into Gehenna, the final resting place, the lake of fire, uh, outer darkness, as they will be sentenced. But you can know from Scripture to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You know, Paul in the book of Philippians, he said he didn't know what was going to happen to him. He says, you know, I don't know if I'm going to go home and be with the Lord, which is better for me, or, you know, whether I'm going to stay here with you and be released from prison, which is better for you. So that compartment, paradise, is empty. And he went down, Ephesians tells us, to lead, to lead captivity you know, free, to, to say, I've died for your sins, and now we go home to be with the Lord in heaven. Does that help? It does. And so now it's like, okay, now that this lines up to what I've always believed and also my husband, now it's like, okay, do I go back to that one pastor because I went to their church for a year and a half? Do, mm-hmm. do I try to, like, talk about this with him more? Or yeah. I would get one of the things that really is helpful is that it's okay to go back and say, can you clarify this, and can you show me in the Scriptures? And he should be able to do that. And you should be able to ask him. Um, you know, what is meant? What do you mean that we go to Sheol, uh, if that's indeed what you meant? Uh, what does it mean to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord? But, you know, go ahead and get that clarity and understanding. Now, as you get that clarity and understanding in what he says, it doesn't mean that um, it's going to, you're going to be in agreement with him or, you know, what the Scriptures has to say. And that's where you have to make a determination after that. But please, I think that it's important that you do, just as you called today to get some clarity, that you get clarity from him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean... It, it, yeah. it doesn't have to be a combative way. You can just say, hey, you know, I struggle with this. I, I want to get clarity. I want to get some understanding and give him a chance to be able to explain himself. Okay, I will. Yeah, I don't... I... Because I feel bad about just, you know, walking away and not telling them, so. Yeah, and, you know, give them a chance to do that. And, you know, the Scripture says, and Peter uh, wrote that, you know, be ready to give a defense, you know, to to be able to give an answer, um, in a reasonable answer, um, and to be able to go to the Scriptures and find the answers. So I think you should be able to do that. Well, good. Well, thank you for giving me some Scriptures to you know, just yeah. light the path of truth. <laughs> Appreciate you it. You bet, Heidi. You bet, Heidi. God bless you. God bless you too, Pastor Jeff. <laughs> hey, can I can I pray for you as you think about doing this? Sure. Father, I just pray for Heidi. Is you know she has this question, and I pray that she would get the clarity and understanding um, from um, the teaching from the pastor that has wait on her, and her and her husband would be able to go and just get an answer and to get clarity and get that understanding and then to be able to move forward in what direction you have for them. And I pray that they continue to search the Scriptures, and Lord, that um, that you would just bless them. Give them a peace. Uh, give them wisdom. 
and um, and Lord, just guide them in this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so Blessings, much. Blessings, Heidi. You bet. Okay. You're welcome. All right, 303-690-3000, the call-in number to text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Jacqueline. Hi. How are you? I'm good, and you? I'm doing good. Okay, I got a question for you. Uh, the wife's supposed to be a, what is the husband role as being a husband, leader of the family? If the wife's supposed to be a help me, but the husband, but you don't go take care of everything. The wife is not a man, so God made the man to, to take leadership of the house, his family. But if the man is not doing that duty, what is the wife supposed to do? What is her duty to do then if man is not stepping up to the plate? Well, I, I think you're asking something that really is, um, you know, we are told the, the the man, the husband, is to be the head of the house. Um, he's the head of the wife. And, and that means, as you read Ephesians chapter 5, that his role is is that he is to wash his wife with the water of the word, that he is to protect her. He's to live with her in an understanding way, according to First Peter chapter 3, um, he is to love her unconditionally, love her as Christ loves the church. That means to cherish her, to serve her, um, and he is to be a, a provider. And we see that uh, role that is there in the scriptures. And, you know, Timothy, Paul wrote Timothy and said that a man who doesn't provide for his household is is worse than an unbeliever. And I think that it's more than just material things that the priority is the spiritual, obviously, to, to have your home that's going to be a home where the Lord is honored, where the Word of God is being spoken, uh, where there is, um, you know, the Lord honored in that home, and to be a covering for the wife. And I think is the great need in the church, and I'm just going to say this, is for men to step up and be men and to be the spiritual leaders. And as they're the spiritual leaders in that way, I think that they're going to you know, be providing. Now, there are circumstances that may happen to where he can't work, but there's a big difference between someone who can't work and somebody who will not work. And um, and usually somebody who will not work, who doesn't take seriously and doing their best to provide for their family. Because, you know, being here as a pastor, there are guys that work their tails off and they, they work the land. They, they, they're out in the fields they're working at, at different places, and you know they're doing their very best to provide for their family, but they also know that there is a spiritual side to where you know they are um, leading their home spiritually, praying for their wives, you know praying for their kids, uh, being a spiritual leader. And once you do that and take that rule seriously, I think it will follow that you're going to do the best that you can to provide for your household. And it's it's difficult today because of inflations, because of different circumstances. But that is, you know, when Paul says that, you know, the one who doesn't provide for his family, and I think it does have a spiritual dimension in that, is worse than an unbeliever. He doesn't call them an unbeliever. He, what I think he's saying in that is that, that even unbelievers know that they are to provide for their family and provide for their homes. 
And um, today we live in a, a world where the culture, you know, has so many mixed messages in that um, and doesn't like talking about the roles of husbands and wives. But the, the main responsibility is to, the role of the husband is to be the head of the wife, to lead her, to cherish her, to love her, to wash her with the water of the word, to pray for her, to, you know, be submitted unto the Lord as, you know, to one another in the fear of God and to live, you know, be praying for her. And so once that takes place, I think that most men are going to do their best to provide for their family. Well, I guess that's when it comes in. Unequal yoke comes in then. The man don't cherish his wife, don't provide for his family, then he abandoned the faith. Yeah. You know, one of the things that um, that we see in the scriptures that the Lord shows us very clearly from Genesis all the way through the scriptures is that work is good. And, I, you know, I always tell, you know, fathers that are raising their sons that, you know, talk to them about work. Uh, work is good. Um, and we see that in the scriptures. Uh, we see that the men that God used, Moses was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. You know, Elijah was behind a, a team of oxen, you know, plowing. Uh, Amos was a farmer. You know, all these guys, they were workers. And and the Lord shows us that work is good. And it's a way to provide for our family. And that was very important in ancient Israel was genealogy, family, providing and working in that way. And somewhat that can be lost today. And laziness is something that the book of Proverbs doesn't have anything positive to say about. And so we always want to encourage our, you know, sons as they're growing up, what it means to lead in the house spiritually, what it means to work hard. And uh, work is good, and it honors the Lord as we work hard um, in that way. And that was something I'm very grateful that my dad taught me, that, you know, he taught us the work. And when I was young, I didn't appreciate that. Um, You know, I'd grumble and gripe and all this, but it helped me when I came to ministry because being a pastor uh, means that it's it's a good work. If you desire to be a bishop, you desire a good work. Well, it's good, but it is work. And um, to, to labor for the Lord, um, to labor for your family, is something that I believe honors the Lord and what the Scripture shows. Even if it's $9 an hour and you say, oh, I'm not going to work for 9 hours, that's not enough. But I figure that if your family mean that much to you, you'll work for anything for, to provide yeah. for your family. You yeah, you know, and I've talked to, had conversation with guys, well, I won't work at this place or I won't work at McDonald's. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't ever be ashamed of working. Don't ever be ashamed of working. If that's the place where you need to work, your job is to get a job. And there are jobs that are out there and not to make excuses. Um, And I know there's certain circumstances. And um, like I said, there's a difference between those who can't work um, and those who just will not work. And even Paul says that if you don't work, you don't eat to the church at Thessalonica. And so, you know, every every individual is different, but I do see in the scriptures that work is good and, and don't ever be ashamed of taking that job if that's going to help your family and it's going to help put food on the table and help with the bills. Um, it's better than sitting at home making excuses and being lazy. And again, the scripture doesn't have anything good to say about laziness. Thanks, Pastor. You're welcome. Can I pray for you? 
I pray for my sister. I pray that you would just help her. You know, I pray for her husband to, you would put upon his heart to go to work. And, um, and I just pray that you would just minister those truths to him and just help them. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You bet. God bless you. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number to text line 720-336-0897. Fathers out there, talk to your sons about work, about respecting people. You know, talk to them about, you know, even as they get older. It's a long ways as they, they, it goes a long ways. When you talk to them about how they treat mom and sister, because how they treat mom and sister is going to be a future indication of how they're going to, to treat their future wife. To be respectful, to be a protector, um, to to fulfill that role that God has for them. Talk to them about that. Teach them the work and tell them that work is good. And it's so important for us to do that uh, as we're raising our sons in a way that will be pleasing to the Lord. Let's go to Sean in Memphis. Sean? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. You're on Calvary Live. Yes, sir. Uh, number one, I, I love your show. I love, love the explanation that you give. You don't just, it's blah, 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 and that's it. You actually explain, and I can, I can really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, thank you. Um, my thing is, and I, like I said, I'm having a problem phrasing it, so I'll just say this the best that I can. I mean, you you just spoke about this a little while ago uh, with some woman uh, concerning uh, rewards, and uh, it has something to do with that. Like, I've, I've been hearing, I've been told by some pastors and teachers uh, that we will be reigning with, with, with Christ, which I've seen that in the Bible. We will reign with him, and but we will also be in charge of the people left on the earth. And that just doesn't make sense to me. And I've been going through, I'm like, what people left on earth? Didn't God destroy the earth? Or, or, or yeah. I, I'm not understanding. Yeah, you're you know? asking good questions, Sean, and because people get confused about it. And what's going to happen in the timeline, you know, in the consummation of things, is that at the end of the tribulation period, that Jesus Christ is going to come back. And at that time, is going to be a judgment. And the separation, you can read about it in Matthew chapter 25, the separation of the sheep and the goats. And those who, you know, are came through the tribulation saints, at that time there's a restoration of Israel. Paul writes at that time they will recognize Israel, the Jews, who don't believe in Jesus right now, you know, the, the Jewish people. Um, there's... there's um, Messianic Jews, but blindness has come in part to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, Romans chapter 11, and then all of Israel will be saved. Their their eyes will be opened. There will be a national spiritual restoration as they will recognize that Jesus is Messiah. So those tribulation saints who survived the Antichrist and the, um, the, you know, the believing Jews that survived because a remnant of them are going to be hiding in the rock city Petra um, in the wilderness, that they will move on into the millennium reign, and the earth will then begin to populate for a thousand years. Jesus is going to rule and reign from Jerusalem, 
You can read about, you know, all those chapters of the Millennium Temple uh, there in Jerusalem, and the glory of the Lord will fill the earth as waters cover the sea. And then we who have been in heaven, because I believe that the Lord's going to come back for his church, and those who have gone on before us, that we will have our new glorified bodies. Now, we know that Jesus, as he talks about in the parable of the minas, the, the talents, Paul talks about rewards, that we're going to rule and reign with him. What exactly does that mean? We're going to be given responsibilities. We're going to help administrate the kingdom of God. And so um, that's an exciting thing. So the earth's going to repopulate for those thousand years. And then after a thousand years, what will happen is the heavens and the earth that we now know, as you read in Revelation chapter 20, that there was no place found for the heavens and the earth. They will dissolve, as Peter says, in a fervent heat, and 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 they will dissolve in a big nuclear reaction, you know, and then um, there will be a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem, and all those who are saved, that will be our final place where we'll be with the Lord for all eternity. But when the Lord establishes his kingdom for a thousand years here on this earth, we're going to rule and reign with him, and we're just going to help administrate those things that the Lord has for us. What exactly does that mean? I don't know. But Jesus said that in the parable of the talents in the minas, that you'll rule over ten cities, five cities, two cities. You know, Paul says that we're going to judge angels. Um, it doesn't mean that we're going to judge them, that you're condemned. But I think what he means in that is that we're going to, you know, tell angels, okay, you go and do this, you do that. You know, we're we're just going to have some authority that is given to us. But all of our authority is going to be under the direction and submission of the Lord Jesus Christ. So hopefully that helps out a little bit. Okay. I mean, yeah, you did. I just want to make sure that I got it. So basically the ones that went through on earth, the tribulation, and they have found Christ or come to Christ, and they make it through the tribulation, they'll be the ones stealing regular bodies on the earth, correct? Yes, and they will repopulate the earth. Got you. So when, and when Jesus comes, last thing, and when Jesus, uh, when you said the earth is destroyed and a new earth and everything, are they destroyed with that earth? Are they? Are, no. are they? No. What What actually is going to happen, Sean? And you can read the book of Revelation, chapter um, twenty, is that the end of the millennium reign, Satan's going to be let out for a while. He He's going to be put into chains. He's going to be put into the abyss. So Satan's not going to be around. And then he's going to be let out for a short time. And what is amazing, Sean, is as you read Revelation chapter 20, is there's going to be one last rebellion against the Lord. And there's going to be many that are going to join in that rebellion, and the Lord will simply speak and destroy those that you know rebel against him, and they will go to everlasting punishment. But those, you know, and the reason I think is because we all have a choice to make. Are we going to follow the Lord or not follow the Lord? And and it astounds me that here is righteousness and God's glory that will fill the earth as waters cover the sea, and yet there's going to be this last final rebellion in the millennium reign. So all those who are saved that are committed to the Lord, they will move on into as they will be receiving their resurrected bodies, heavenly bodies, 
and they will move on into the new heaven, new earth, and the new Jerusalem, and it's going to be fabulous. I can't wait. You would think after all of you, you've been through, through the tribulation times, what you've seen, and you see God is real, you see Jesus is real, and you, and you still rebel? That Isn't is that amazing? Awful. Yeah, it, and it shows, you know, that sinful nature that man has. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be born during the millennium reign. And so they're going to see the righteousness of Jesus. They're going to, you know, he's going to rule there from Jerusalem, yeah. but yet rebel. You know, that, that astounds me as well. But that's what the scripture declares. And it just shows, you know, how man is. Jeremiah says our hearts are desperately wicked and how we need Jesus and not just know about him, we need to know him personally. Correct. Well, you know, I, you cleared up 100%, everything up 100% for me. I so thank you, and God bless you for you're, helping me with that. You bet. You're so welcome. You keep studying. Call anytime. you got a question. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, and, and God bless you, and be safe, okay? You're you bet. Love to hear from you guys. So many calls from the East and from... Hope and Truth FM and uh, Radio by Grace. So grateful for you guys. Hey, I'll be back tomorrow at the same time. So give me a call if you didn't get a chance to get call. Remember this. It's not just knowing about Jesus. It's knowing him personally and um, having him be the Lord truly of your heart and of your life. And that's the message you want to give to others as well. So you don't want to miss heaven by six inches from your brain to your heart. <laughs> Ask him into your heart. Um, and enjoy him. So God bless you. Have a good evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.